it's apples and oranges. It really is. If you believe, if you want to manage visits, sure, use that example. If you want to manage a journey, if you want to create a different experience, if you want to sit across from someone and take accountability, I'm going to say this again. I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. Jerry Durham is back on the podcast. He's been posting stuff recently about late cancel fees are what killed Blockbuster. He was talking about Netflix. He's posting stuff online. I uh, I made some comments. Uh, for I think Jerry's wrong, um, but we're we're gonna get into this debate. There was some dude, things get behind got... get behind five thousand other people, dude. Get in <laughs> line. Get in line. We're gonna debate this just for some context. We have a mobile concierge practice here in New York City, so we charge the full rate out of pocket for twenty four hour late cancellation fees. Obviously, we're a little. We'll get into the nuance of everything, but like COVID and illness or whatever versus if it's like an excuse or a work thing or whatever. We're gonna get into all that. But I think Jerry's wrong. They've already tipped his hand. So this is good. This, Mind you, we haven't started yet. They've already tipped his hand. There's all these exceptions, and that's part of the problem. So, Dave, it's all these exceptions. So go on, Dave. Go on. I'm letting you know where we're going from here, dude. Okay. So I understand. Can they address the 900-pound gorilla in the room, please? So Niners hat. uh, Niners are playing. That's Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. Have you heard of them? Go Niners. I mean, uh, who's your team? Wait a minute, Dave. Who's your team? My, my Eagles choked. Uh, they lost the last, you know, we broke your Eagles. We broke them. Yes. It happened. All right. Are we good? We're no, and we're good because, uh, I think the country is tired of seeing Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs win. Uh, I, I will take it. And I welcome all of you chief haters to the show. And yes, please, please come on in on Sunday. I'm here for you. If you're if you're watching you with open arms, if you're watching on the YouTube, you'll see Jerry uh, with a Niners uh, beanie skull cap, and he's chugging a bottle of Pellegrino. He's uh, up at seven a.m. on the West Coast. Let's get into it. So today we're talking about we're debating late cancellation fees. The nuance is you know brick and mortar versus mobile concierge home visits. Are your employees W two ten ninety nine? We're going to kind of get into some of that. I want to give you the floor, Jerry, for your content that you've been putting out about late cancels and no-shows and cancellation fees. And I loved it because even some other colleagues online on Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever push back on you saying like, no, that's not why Blockbuster died or that's, you know, what. and then you pulled up some quotes from Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix. So let me just kick it over to you. We're going to debate this. I think you're wrong. I think I'm right. But like I said, when I shouted God you out- God bless the New Yorkers. God, I love talking to New Yorkers because there's no gray in here, people. And I appreciate this. I appreciate this. And, and I, But when I shouted you out online, I did say, I may be wrong, but I'm never- You did, which I was surprised. I was like, just own it and move forward. <laughs> just own it and move So just for yeah. anyone that didn't see any of these posts or anything recently, like just catch everyone up on this content, yeah. your yeah. perspective on this. So for context, let's go back a little bit, right? My journey here over the years has been learning more and more about managing a client, a customer, a patient through a journey in a business, right? So physical therapy is a business and we need to manage someone. I mean, physical therapy is almost a freaking blueprint of truly a patient journey. So this journey started for me when I had to figure out, I went out and network about 15 years ago, dude. And as I like to say, just bear with me before it was cool. You know, we did it because we had to. It was a business decision. It was, it, was, it was a pretty easy decision. Close the doors, go out and network. It was like, let's give this out a network thing a run. And so I started spending a lot of time, I'm going to shorten the story way up, with other business people. I joined a business group. I got business mentors. And what I learned... And what I wasn't doing before was understanding this journey or I'm going to say clients or patients. So if I say clients, it's the same thing that our clients and patients were on in our business. And I went, 
boom, right? Big, who, big tipping point, big aha moment. So I went back to the beginning of the journey, the marketing, the sales, right? And that's where I spent a lot, a lot of my time for this reason. It was the beginning. And I thought, okay, I'll start at the beginning. Fortunately, I found out that's where we have the biggest impact. And this plays into cancels and no-shows and things like this. When I started changing things, the wording and making sure the conversation continued on that first phone call, on that initial contact, in that initial email, regardless of how that person found you, if the conversation continued and we set and so a word here, I want everybody to hear, set and manage expectations properly, then a lot of our downstream problems that I had been trying to solve for years and years and years through the providers solve themselves. Cancels, no-shows, drop-offs, right? So if I say arrivals, I'm talking about rivals overall, right? So if people are not canceling, if they're not dropping off, if they're not no-showing, they're arriving. So my context is learning the power of managing a marketing and sales process because the impact downstream on positive things and negative things is going to be greater, right? So that's my context. And then moving through this journey and learning along the years of where I could make the biggest change in business metrics that healthcare practices and physio practices, including myself, we're chasing our tail, trying to change for eight, 10 years. So that's my context. And I believe that sets it pretty well because everything I talk about from here on out is based on that. So yes, I know marketing. Yes, I know sales. So I post stop the cancel fees. And by the way, this is what I help my clients do is put together systems where if they so choose, they could follow this. And this is the gist of the talk. And I hope everybody just heard what I said. And I'm not going to repeat it because I'm going to expand on it. And so if people want to charge a cancel fee, I have a conversation of how does it fit in this brand, in this culture, in this client of yours journey, right? And how are you going to manage it properly rather than say no, like I say, and build out again, a journey by the way, we could call the journey their experience. So if someone wants to say patient or client experience, you could exchange that. How do we build that out to manage no casualties? So that's my context. That's my world. And based on that, I say, if you follow that approach I just gave you, if you invest your energy, your time and your money and understanding this journey, then no cancel fees becomes very realistic. And here's, here's where I'm going to start. Here's where I'm going to start. Everybody who pushed back went straight into their business model and said, yeah, but. And I'm like, okay, yeah, but. What you have to say is, yeah, but. So everybody said, you're wrong. And then they said, yeah, but. No, no. I was the only one that directly said, you're wrong. But yeah, I mean, right, right. Well, everybody's like, no, you're wrong. And we all know, we all know blockbusters. There was complexity to this, right? But even some of the comments that people put out, I went, no, that's not true. Like, oh, technology ended blockbuster. I said, no, their acknowledgement not to move forward with technology killed them. So technology did not kill blockbuster. This is the interesting thing I read. And I read it in the foreword of this book I'm reading now about Netflix and their culture. It's in the foreword written by Reed Hastings, CEO and founder of Netflix. And he talks about this. Blockbuster knew the technology was there. Blockbuster knew what the future looked like. Blockbuster knew they had an opportunity to say yes or no. So yes, it gets a little more complex. Yet, Reed will tell you in the forward that they were so tied to this revenue stream that they currently had, that they just kept saying no to everything. So again, there's a difference between not knowing, right? Right? Oh, technology killed Blockbuster. No, it didn't. They're read. Someone said, someone just posted greed. I went, well, they're not wrong, right? They're, they, I won't call it greed. They're tying into one revenue stream, right? And that model is what killed them. And they're focus on that model. So again, think about what we're talking about here, people of, oh no, right? Everybody chiming in, you're wrong. This is what has to happen. I found another thread, dude, before I even posted that, I think that's what, this is what led to it. I found a post in a Facebook group about 
hey, what are your cancel fees and why? And it was just this big tirade. Everybody charged cancel fees. Everybody said how it made their business better to charge cancel fees. Everybody blamed the clients, blamed the patients. And I went, hmm, interesting. And I think that's what originally led to all this. And I was like, this is and you're, you're saying, not wrong, but they were all piling up and saying, yeah, this is correct. And I'm like, no, it's not. And I posted everything about not charging cancel fees. And of course, everybody's went into the fetal position and started crying. Yeah. So, all right, really quick. So there's a lot in there, I know, but I want, I want to, you know. Blockbuster, uh, the late cancel fees, you posted a number, right? Was It, it was like tens of millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. It's like billions, by the way. Reed, Reed will tell you, right? They're, they're, their model... And I don't know. And honestly, honestly, I don't know a number, dude. Okay. You know, but they were, they were brilliant. It was was a big number annually, I'm sure. And they were tied to that where they obviously, they they like that predictability. They didn't want to give it up, whatever. Blockbuster. Okay. So Blockbuster. By the way, yeah, you could call it like a subscription model. They were happy with that model, right? Because it was predictable and it was probably growing. Per client. And it was probably growing. And they knew that number like they knew any other revenues. Why would they kill it? Why would they get away from... You're exactly right. And so that's why I'm back to, that's what killed their business because they were focused on a revenue stream that they believed was sustainable, that they believed they could continue to leverage. So one thing I pushed back on you was for Blockbuster, they probably were not... For the cancel the cancellation fee or the the late fees, they were probably not paying any of that to the store managers, the you know the staff, whoever. Right? My so point, this my this is a good point too. This is a good point too. And, and I already referenced this. People went, "You're wrong," and then go into their business model. And I'm like, "Okay, that's exactly so here we go again." Blockbuster put together a business model that they understood. This is the other thing that they understood well. They knew where all the dollars were coming from. They knew how they wanted to distribute them. So again, I'm back to saying the late fees killed the blockbuster because they made a conscious choice to look at their business model, to look at their revenue streams, to look at everything you're saying and saying, we're good with this. Even though people came in and said, we have some ideas about what the future is going to look like for, because remember, they were in the you know, movie rental business, whatever we call it, right? Entertainment business. And people coming in like Reed and going, we have some new models for you. And they chose not to innovate. They chose to stick to the old ways. They chose to say, we're going to do this. So it was their business model and it killed them. Now, did I make a broad sweeping statement about everybody should stop cancel fees? Sure. Did I want people to get pissed off? Yeah, I wanted them to take it personally because what I want people to do, and let's just jump ahead here, dude, and get right to what you're starting to say. I want people to re-examine where is my focus. Here's the kicker, people, right? Here's the kicker. I want you, you, and everybody else to re-examine what I shared at the beginning. Do I understand my client's journey? Do I understand my target customers? Do I really understand my costs? Do I really understand my revenue streams? Am I looking, right? And by the way, do I understand my client's experience, right? Is this the experience? Because, right, you and I both know, Dave, and I'm not claiming you. I don't, I haven't seen your stuff, but we care, right? Oh, yeah, we're going to take care of you. We're one-on-one and we're, we're all this or we're group. I don't care. Take anything, right? We're the experts, right? And then we shit on our customers. We shit on our patients. We shit on our clients. We don't answer the phone, right? We don't make it about them. You know, we don't do all these steps and then we charge them a cancel fee. And then, right, well, hold on, let me back up. We create this system where we don't understand their journey. We put them into the system. People say, hmm, this sucks. Hey, my expectations aren't being managed and said, hey, this isn't what I thought it'd be. And they drop off, they cancel, they no show them. And everybody says, oh, these people. And I'm like, I, I no. can, Among many things, I can make an argument that if I'm going to have you on the hook for a 24-hour cancellation policy, because I, I know, listen, we're not the ideal fit for everyone, but for the ideal clients that we work with, we typically can get them great results, whether it's orthopedic conditions, neuro, pediatrics, whatever. We typically feel very confident with the online reviews that we have and folks that we help and touch and all that, that we can typically get results for them. We can only get results for them if they actually are serious and focused about putting this thing, this therapy once a week, twice a week, whatever it might be, 
putting it into their schedule, their calendar moving forward. And if they get too busy or if they're half focused on it or whatever, they might not take it seriously enough. They're not going to get the results that they're looking for. They're not going to get, they're not going to have low back pain relief. They're not going to get back to the gym or running or whatever as fast as they want. So they might need accountability. They might need support, guidance, whatever you want to call it. And all that is kind of tied into our patient experience. And with the, the cancellation, the 24 hour cancellation policy, part of, I think, from my view, is that it filters in and filters out folks that are either serious and committed to focusing on their health and wellness, or if people that are, they already know, they already know that they're on the front end. So when they call, when they call, and this isn't a challenge, I figure you do this. When they call, part of the conversation is, let me share with you our cancellation no-show policy. Or do you wait till the first visit? When do you share that? I'm just curious. But we, we typically will say it on the first or second phone call, but then yeah. we, whenever we're going to send them, whenever we're going to email them the new patient paperwork, we're going to say yeah, that's in there too, right? It's simple, Jerry. It's a, it's a simple consent for, it's like three or four pages, consent form, 24 hour cancellation policy and a credit card on file. And I'll send that to you right now. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And then, I don't... And then they can read through the fine print. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so this is important too, right? This, so this is what I like, Dave, right? Here we go. So Dave's, I, I will argue Dave's playing into my hands, thankfully. No, um, no I got more. I got more. Again, no, no, no. He's playing into my hands. No, because here's the deal. It's not, it's not a yet. Yeah, it's not a who's right thing. It's who understands their business, who understands their client journey, who understands the experience. And yes, I'm going to challenge you on a couple of things here, because here's the other thing. Yes, you understand their journey. Yes, you understand their experience. But I'm going to say as a business owner, right? I need to have, dude, I've been in this a long time. You've been in this a while. We as a whole, and I shared this at the beginning, it's always, it's always the patient's fault. I rarely, 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 have you ever read a post in the history of social media where someone took accountability for a patient who dropped off, canceled their no-show? You're, no. you're right. The practice owners usually right? don't. No. So all I'm asked, here, here's the challenge again. I'm going to go back to this. And this is the conversation I wanted. So I thank you for, for driving this forward. This is the conversation I want. I want people to take a step up, not back. I want them to take a step up and go, what have we created right? What's our deliverable? What do we promise people? And, and you already started sharing that, dude, from the beginning, right? So this is good, right? What are we sharing in our marketing message? Are we continuing it in the sales process? Are we continuing it when they arrive and we pitch them a plan of care? Then are we taking, here's where I want everybody to pause and sit in this. Are we taking accountability for delivering value during this course of care that will give people a reason to arrive and complete their course of care. Literally that question right there, I would love to go to every business owner in America and then tell them, explain, because there is not a focus there. I've talked to too many business and that's where I get my clients from, right? And these, I'm talking to someone right now, they charge cancel fees. They have a no-show policy. They have a canceled policy. They, all of this, you know what their arrival rate is, dude, overall? So overall business arrival rate. So this is first visit, any visit, cancel, no-show, everything. So we could say what their canceled, no-show drop-off rate is or what their arrival rate is. 70%. They, of 100 people they put on the schedule, 30% of them canceled, drop-off, no-show. Just for context, dude, it's, it's poor, it's low. Dude, it is insanely low. By the way, here's the kicker too, Dave. It's an in-network clinic. So do they own, do they take accountability? Do they take accountability? Do Where is the accountability in this journey? So again, right, th there's nuance here. And I just want people to leave this. And yeah, I'm going to argue with you. And we'll go back to the I, Niners. I, I, got, I got more pushback for you, but... Yeah, and, and so... Right. Where is ownership of the accountability to get people to arrive? So he, here's the other thing I want people to take home. So number one is, do you understand the journey? Do you understand the experience you want to create? A couple of things. Yeah, I, I know I'm going to give you like the yeah, but my practice, whatever. So Blockbuster with the fees. My point was, is that the store managers, they were not getting a cut of that. They were not incentivized with any of that money, most likely. That was going straight to, you know, blockbuster corporate, like, you know, like 
So with, with our cancellation fees, because we do mobile concierge visits. So we're traveling our patients and clients. My therapists are independent contractors. So they're carving out that time to go see a patient or client later today, tomorrow, whatever it might be. Now, if there's a late cancel late that evening or early that morning for that same day, my therapist usually cannot refill that appointment slot. So that's lost income for them. They Mm -hmm. trusted us to carve that time out of their schedule. Some of the Mm -hmm. therapists with us are full-time. Some of them are part-time. They're full-time somewhere else. I want to value and respect my therapist, their time. They're paid per visit. Sorry, I missed this part, dude. They are, they, are paid per, they are paid per visit, right? So right now, so just it's 1032 a.m. on the East Coast. They're paid per visit. So if there was, if someone, uh, a patient or client of theirs texted them and said, hey, uh, I, you know, I got a work meeting that was rescheduled, a Zoom call, whatever today. Now I cannot do our 2.30 p.m. physical therapy appointment in my apartment at home. That th- We're going to charge like that patient, a full $200 late cancellation fee for today. And my therapist is going to get paid the 80 to hundred dollars without even going to that patient. So I, where is the incentive? Where is the incentive to this DPT who went to school for seven years total minimal, right? Seven to eight years total. Where is the incentive for this DPT to drive completed plans of care. Where is the incentive of this person to make sure someone doesn't late cancel? And by the way, this is only one direction to go, right? I, Where I, is their incentive? If they're going to get paid, we, right. You get paid for it, right? They get paid per visit. And yeah, so where is the incentive for the provider to keep them on? So th- this is where I want people to step back and understand, okay, good. I got to understand, right. How is this journey going? Where if we incentivize visits, we get visits. If we incentivize completed courses of care, we get completed courses of care. Now, bear with me on this because this is where I want people to look at their business model. So my clients, right, we start with their finances, right? A financial sheet, very easy sheet. You might call it a pro forma, but I've seen a pro forma and I've really broken it down and taken out some of this stuff so that it can be used as a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month picture of your business. Here's what I make my clients do. Regardless of if they're going to charge a cancel fee or not, I make them budget in 5% cancels. That 5% of all their visits. So they budget it in. It's already built in. And this is where I say, this is how you pay your people, or this is how you don't pay your people. Or this is how you build bonuses around completed plans of care. So I challenge people to go, cool, I get the visits thing, but how about we look at visits as a bigger picture, as a completed course of care? Because you and I both know completed course of care is create happy, paying customers that will write great reviews, will tell more people, right? That's the cycle I want to complete. That's the cycle I want to create from the day they call, from the day they see our website. So I'm challenging my clients and I'm challenging anybody listening to this of what are you incentivizing? What are you paying for? Right. And if you're doing this and I'm budgeting in, right, 5% cancel rate, then I can pay my people differently with different mindset, right? Why not? And I'm just throwing this out there for anybody. And this isn't the only answer, my friends. This is why I want people to think a little differently on this. I had someone the other day to say, I was doing a talk and we said any questions and no one had any questions. And the person I was giving the talk with said, that's okay. But if you really don't have any questions, that's a problem right now. So if, you, if you're not thinking about these things, think about it. Is How do I incentivize the result I want? Really incentivize it. And if I want happy paying customers through completed courses of care, visits might not be the best way to do it. So I'll leave it at that. So I budget in, I budget in cancels and then... Then I put the accountability on my provider to complete a course of care, and there will be an incentive for course of care completion above and beyond what I'm paying them already. So there is an opportunity, right? Your minimum level requirement is this. And then if you go above and beyond and do this, I'm going to, right, back to your point about Blockbuster not giving the people the money, I'm building out a system where people get more, when we make more money, when we create more happy paying customers, the business wins. You win, I win, everybody wins. So that's the challenge here to everybody listening. 
All right. Two things to push back. Let's say, uh, so you yourself, whether back in San Francisco or now in Philly, or you and Karen, like whether it's like a a, a massage, like, it will say a massage. Like, uh, well, we, I think I'm not even going to let you go there because people want to talk about one-off visits. They want to talk about getting your haircut. They want to talk about one-off. These aren't one-off. We're selling a journey, dude. I understand. I understand. But I also said earlier that the, I'm going to put my mute on while you talk. You can't even hear me. I believe that the late cancel policy does help keep people to retain the visits. I understand you're, you're kind of, you're framing it as like, I'm too downstream of that arrangement. And you're saying it should be upstream. And then you don't have to worry about that. So that's why I say, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm saying for the, you do have to worry. You do have to worry. So let, let's just say that. That was, that was saying, better. That, that's better. why we plan for it, dude. That's why we plan and budget for it. When you just muted yourself, that was better because then I couldn't hear you. <laughs> so now listen, when you and Sturdy had SF Sport and Spine, you guys didn't have a 24-hour cancellation policy? Yeah, we did. So how, how many dollars? Like what was the amount? I think it was like 75 or something. Okay. And it was it, you didn't think it was meaningful or impactful or helpful to filter in and filter out some people that say, oh, you guys have like a 24 hour cancellation policy. And some of those people, they, those patients did not leave your practice. Like we've actually had some people, they try us for one or two visits and they get annoyed that we have a late cancel policy. And they're like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, this isn't right for me or whatever. And we're like, great. Like, you know, well, maybe see, refer yeah, that somewhere I, else. That's I want to go down that route. I want to go down that route. Let, let's do it. Let's do it. Because I, I believe whether it's consumers, patients, clients, whatever, like there are some people that are just flat out flaky. They're not serious. They're- check this out. Check this out. I just budgeted. So we, our expectation, this is the other challenge I want people to think about is well, truly what is your, this is the problem too, dude. No one can tell you what they want their cancel rate at. And if they say zero, you're like, that's zero is a hundred percent unrealistic. So you're starting, I'm not saying you said zero because you, you allow right? But a cancel rate of zero is unrealistic. A, a someone waking up with a sick kid, just bear with me on this. I know you're going to tell me that's an exception. And that's where I started. We have too many exceptions on these. Someone waking up with a sick kid, right? Is a cancel. I don't care what anybody said. This is the other thing. Our profession has, I don't ask people their cancel rates anymore, by the way, for the record, I ask them a rival rate because you know why everybody has reworked cancels to fit their story and they want to tell you how low it is but they they'll take someone who called to move and say oh no we don't have any cancels you know but we got all these reschedules i'm like that's a cancel you lost a slot it is what it is so people aren't measuring it correctly they have unrealistic goals on it so again they're not even measuring they're not even managing the metric they think they're managing and instead of thinking about a journey and a course of care back to your person, we're worried about one possible lost visit. And that's why we do it. And I believe if we go into this and we tell people the importance of their plan of care and we base it on our expertise and we base it on their desired outcomes and we manage and set expectations and we sit there and we pitch that to them. And then we say, what questions do you have of me about this plan of care? What problems do you believe you may encounter that will keep you from attending your visit? This, this is the evaluation. This is how I script it out, dude. What problems do you foresee having that'll keep you from completing this course of care the way I've written it up? And then you sit back and take a sip of your coffee and don't say anything. Because I want them to process Oh, well, Jerry, you know, I do have two young kids. And I'm like, oh, good conversation to start having here, right? And they go to daycare and they get sick and, right, we get short calls. And I'm like, cool, because I want this managed before they leave. So we started on the first phone call. They had their sheet, whatever the cancel policy is. And it could say no charge. We just asked for this. That's what I encourage because it tells people, I understand you. I respect you. And I respect your world. This is what we command. Now, I'm going to tell you, because everybody everybody follows up with, well, what do you do with those people who keep no-showing? I'm like, you don't put them back on the schedule. I mean, the fact that people put that into that thread, I'm like, just shows the disconnect on what this patient journey is about, man. And it's not a visit. 
It's, hey, Jerry, I woke up, my kid's sick, right? I train the front desk how to manage these calls. So sorry to hear it, Jerry. I see we have an appointment on Thursday with you, right? Let's say they're scheduled twice this week. Let's say they're scheduled once. No, let's say they're scheduled once, right? And they're calling, I woke up, my kid's sick. There's no way I can make it in again, right? I'm not going to put it on my front desk to go, do we charge him? Do we not? Is this one of the exceptions? Is this okay? I want the front desk to acknowledge, I get it. I hear you. I'm so sorry to hear this. Jerry, according to yours and Dr. Jane Doe's plan of care, I know she likes you in here, would like you in here one day a week. You know, it's it's Wednesday. She's got a Thursday at three and a Friday at eight. Will that work for you? Yeah, just slide me into the eight on Friday. Cool. I'm going to send you a note. And by the way, that's no harm, no foul in my world, right? The patient is on their plan of care, ready to complete their journey, right? The visit the same way. Okay. Now, if they call, by the way, if that same patient calls next week with a sick child next week, here it is. Now, this is where understanding the journey and who has ownership, it flows to the PT. It is not the front desk and, response. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you from my less experience as a practice owner than, than you in the whole PT world, that what you just said happens less when you have a enforceable 24-hour cancellation policy of the full rate. So that what you just said was, if they're... You know, I have a sick kid this no, week. No, no, no. You said people quit. I'm going on the people who said you they, they quit their journey with you, dude. No, no, you I'm not. No, you're exactly. out of doing business with you because they're so worried about a cancel fee. How about just let them? And this is the zero tolerance thing. There is no zero tolerance. How can there be zero tolerance? What you just said of like, okay, the, the patient calls in, their child is sick this week. Okay, it happens. But again, if it becomes a pattern next week or if it happens, you know, three times over a month no, or that I let then- it happen twice, dude. And then the PT, it is the PT's responsibility. I'm I'm telling you, this takes management. And because you gave me the you gave me the I started this with the example of the patient who says, you know what, I'm not the right fit here. And he was like, man. So people are dropping off because they're worried about possibly life getting in the way. Only a few times, only a few times. But that individual, if you want to, you know, break down the consumer, like I'm telling you, that that person is just not the right fit for us. Like they're a a flaky consumer, and and that actually goes into. I, my- I disagree. I'm, I'm going to disagree. I'm just going to okay. say I disagree. Here, so they're making a choice based on your cancel policy. That's not a flaky individual, dude. I I will look at your cancel policy and go. Wait a minute. Life happens. Oh, Jerry, we get that. There are exceptions. That's creating uncertainty, dude. You know, fear, doubt, and uncertainty is what kills is what kills relationships, is what causes drop-offs and cancels. So I'm saying, I'm, I'm sitting across from someone going, I understand you have a life outside of this, which no one ever does. Here's my plan of care. Stick to it. And if you call, call late, we're going to charge you full rate. Okay. Here, here's an example of support. I'm going to share my screen. Jerry, have you heard of Resi, R-E-S-Y, Resi.com? Have you ever heard of this? Mm-hmm. D- describe for the audience what it is. So Gary Vaynerchuk either founded it, co-founded it, whatever. What What is Resi.com? Do you know what it is? So it's for restaurants, correct? That's the only place I've ever seen it, right? Okay, so it, it's basically like an open table or, and of course, now it's slow. Yeah, it's going to slow on you, dude. It, okay. it, it knows. It's, it's like open table. All right. So let's say, um, let's say I'm traveling from New York to Philly and I'm going to take Jerry out to dinner. We can book on open table. We can book a, a table. We can call the restaurant and we can book a reservation or we can go to resi.com. Resi.com. Resi is different because it's the first booking platform for restaurants ever, at least in the U.S., as far as I know, where you actually have to pay a non-refundable deposit for that table because multiple reasons. A lot of consumers will, let's say I'm going to go down to Philly. I'm going to take Jerry out. Uh, historically, some consumers like me or other people, we might go and book, you know, three or four tables or two tables at two different restaurants for 7 p.m. And then, you know, Jerry's like, no, I'd rather go to this place. And then I got to, you know, cancel or we just no show or whatever the other reservation. So resi.com makes you put down, I think it's like, 25 bucks or 50 bucks, something in that range to book that table. And once you book it, it's like a non-refundable deposit. So Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, he's in the wine world, the restaurant world, the consumer, you know, world. So with resi.com, you book a reservation, but it's not like open table, open table. You can book a reservation and you can just no show it. You can cancel it. You, you know, open table allows you to book multiple, multiple reservations, two or three restaurants at the same time slot. Resi.com was like, the restaurants are getting screwed and they get pissed off about this. The restaurant owners, 
And they made this whole platform. Now, check this out, Jerry. Resi valuation. For whatever, you know, I don't know if this supports my, you know, my stance or not, but it was acquired by American Express for or with an evaluation of $53 million. So I don't know if that was the purchase price or the valuation or whatever. It doesn't really matter. My point is that obviously this resonated enough with business owners, with restaurant owners across the country, so much so that American Express bought Resi.com, Gary Vaynerchuk's company or co-founding company. So the point of bringing this up is when you tie a dollar amount to the booking, and I and I know you're going to say that me taking you out in Philly is a one-off thing, but me going to a bunch of restaurants over my life is not a one-off thing. I know it's different in terms of a, a plan of care with physical therapy, but there's enough similarities here that show, that prove that if you put a dollar amount to some type of reservation or appointment or whatever, the individual is more likely to show up, arrive, pay, and stay, which is your whole mantra, Jerry, they're more likely to arrive, pay, and stay. And if they arrive, pay, and stay, they are significantly more likely to get the results that they want. The low back pain relief, getting back to CrossFit, getting back to pickleball, golf, playing with their grandchildren, whatever it might be. So when you tie a dollar amount to it, the individual, I believe, is more likely to get the results that they want and need. And that within that is the completed plan of care, which is what you talked about earlier. So what is your response to this? It's a one-off step. But, but it's not because I, which because matches you and I go to restaurants matches, which matches what I've what I've been saying. Anybody can run this, and I've already said this. This visit mentality. It's a one visit. It's a one off. So that's the problem with the cancel fees. That's the problem here. This has been. This is. I've echoed. It's been the same thing. If I understand my people, oh, so here's where I started. You have to understand their journey in your business. You have to understand what journey they're on. A plan of care is a journey. It's not a one-off visit. So I hear what you're saying about Resi. I hear what people say about their haircuts. I hear what people say about their dentist that they see like once a quarter. I'm like, that's a one-off. That's a one-off. And so if we have, so here, here, I'll say this. I'm not going to argue with you about a one-off. So if we approach the business as a visit, and if we approach these as a cancel fee for a visit, Go for it. If we approach it as I understand the journey you're on and the goal is a completed plan of care and I know there'll be life will get in the way, I'd argue you're going to have more happy paying customers, including the person who was uncertain. We created uncertainty, fear and doubt around the cancel fee. Oh, we cancel. This is what I said. There's always I opened up with this. There's always all this. We always tell our front desk, get the cancel fee. Well, unless A happens, and then a week later, oh, you know what, B also. Oh, and C also. Oh, and then D also. So I'm saying, go this route, own the visits, do what you're doing, right? Make sure people know, spell it out, adhere to it, right? And and I would say, don't, there's no leeway in this. Or take the bigger picture, don't approach it as a visit. And I'm still, I'll go, the, the resi thing, the, the hairdresser, the dentist, no, that is a one-off visit mentality. So if people want to use that and people love to use those examples in the groups, and I'm like, it's apples and oranges. It really is. If you believe, if you want to manage visits, sure, use that example. If you want to manage a journey, if you want to create a different experience, if you want to sit across from someone and take accountability, I'm going to say this again. A canceled drop-off no-show after like visit two is all on the provider. A canceled drop-off no-show prior to that is all on the front desk. So if you want to build that system out, give ownership to the front desk and say, you own this arrival. And by the way, you own it until they agree to a plan of care and at least show up for two visits. And then by the way, Mr. and Mrs. Provider, you now own this. Oh, hey, Becky, can you call my patient who canceled yesterday? It's like visit three. It's like... No, your responsibility, you you have ownership of this. You call them, you manage them when they come in. By the way, you're three o'clock, Jerry, no show. Oh, cool, I got to call them. I got to follow up with them. And by the way, when they walk in on the next visit, hey, what happened? We, we confront it right at the top. So again, there's a system, there's a process of the mindset and the culture I want to create for people. Now, that's where this whole thing arose from. So people want to own visits, they want to use examples like Resi and their hairdresser. Cool. Keep doing it. Right. By the way, 
they're very large successful companies who do this. There are very large successful practices out there that say our cancel rate went down after we raised the price. And I went, no, people stopped choosing to use you. So let, let, let's let own that. That's the other thing we can't prove. Oh, my cancel rate went down. I went, hmm. and you also lost clients, right? You can't prove it either way. Like you said, you've lost clients. So so that that's the takeaway from here, this visit mentality versus a completed course of care. And I want to go back one more real quick to this idea that if I have this completed course of care mentality, then I can... I can build the systems and I hire people into the systems with incentives to see people, to manage this course of care with an incentive to make more money when someone completes a course of care. Okay. So, so you, you disagree that if there's a cancellation fee affiliated with a plan of care, you disagree that that individual going through a practice where the practice has a cancellation fee, 24 hour cancellation fee policy, whatever. I believe that, on average, that patient or client will get to success, will get to milestones, improvement, progress, get the results that they're looking for, get to that completed plan of care sooner, I believe, with the 24-hour cancellation policy with a monetary component involved, and you disagree with this. Correct. I believe there's absolutely zero proof of that. So people are not incentivized by some financial component. I believe that you can create a company like that, that can exist and make money. Sure. Do I believe that's the model that I want to create, that I want my clients to create, that I want the focus on this customer, right? This experience that we've created. I believe what's part of the experience is saying, I understand you in this journey you're on. I respect your time. I respect your energy. I respect your money. Because by the way, I, and I haven't been sitting on this, but what do we do when the PT what do we do when the PT sick, dude? If anybody wants to comment, if anybody wants to call me, man, the PT sick. Hey, Jerry, we got to cancel today. Great no one's saying, I'm going to give you your money back. I'm going to give you shit back, dude. I know of zero clinics in this world that gives anything back to a client. I, it, that's a great point. That's a great point. So a lot of times in a brick and mortar office, there'll be some coverage, right? So there'll be another therapist or whatever. So for us, it almost it almost never happens. Seriously, it hardly ever happens. I would be fine with refund. Now, of course, because it happens so, so infrequently, I'm th- I have one therapist that I can think of in the past year or two where the patient reached out and they're like, oh, so-and-so is sick or whatever. And, and you know, they're, they were truly sick. And yes, yes, it happens. So that is a good point that Jerry backs your your support of this argument. I get it. And because yes, I'm just looking at the bigger picture. So right, we're accountability. So so we as business owners keep building in these steps where it's like, you know, we, we, we get out of this bigger picture. We need a complete course of care, right? It's the course of care, right? And then we try to fix problems in the wrong place because because my gig, and we're talking about this, even though, well, I think I opened with this, and we're both talking about how do we prevent cancers? How do we decrease cancers? Well, I've got enough clients, so I do have proof that this approach works. I've got my own business, and I've repeated it over and over with multiple clients, that your cancel rate, your drop-off rate, and your no-show rate, but do my clients' no-show rates are right are down into the 0.11, right, just to be safe, right? Every once in a while, there's a no-show. But they're so far down the graph. So, so I say I eliminate no-shows with this process. And this whole process, if I just posted the other day, anybody wants to go to Instagram, what's the date? 2-9? It's February 9th, like on February 5th, I think Monday or 6th, whatever it was. I woke up on a Sunday or Monday morning to a thank you text from one of my clients and it showed his cancel rate over the last nine months that we've been working together. He's got four clinics. It's dropped 10%. All we did was change the front end. We did nothing downstream. I didn't touch his camp. I didn't touch his financial policy. Here's, so here's down, that blue. Oh, you know what? Oh, I got this text. There it is from a client on Sunday morning. So we did nothing, dude, but change his conversations, manage and set expectations. I didn't mess with this cancel policy. They still charge a fee, by the way. What do they charge? This is what I like. So I call it a research study. 
because we didn't change their cancel fees. We didn't change their cancel policy. I changed what happened upstream. Their cancel rate has dropped damn near 10% in our time together. Every 5% change in their cancel policy is worth $100,000 a year. My focus is on getting people in the door who are investing their time, money, and energy to complete a course of care, not run run in because they're worried about a cancel fee. They're tracking for plus $200,000 just from that, right? So this focus this focus on this journey and setting and managing expectations. Again, I've got proof of it. Now, again, we didn't touch the cancel policy. So people would say, well, right. But I'm like, no, we didn't touch it. We just changed the conversation, right? But and they, it was that when I showed up and it's now that nine months, 10 months in. So you're saying this client, without mentioning their name, you're saying they still charge a dollar amount cancellation. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it. So again, Everything was left in place, including the providers, how the providers manage a course of care. We've started that work, but probably the biggest drop there started after we included the providers. But up until that first drop, that was all front desk, managing and setting expectations. That was it. That was it. That was it. Their cancel rate dropped almost 10%, and it's still going down, as you can see, and it will go down over time. $100,000 for every 5% drop there. What are they, time, what are they I would love to see that thing get to about 10%. And then they would be, what, $250,000, $300,000 back. This is the other thing I want people to understand. A cancel is money flushed down the toilet, right? It is, right? So again, right, how do we get it back? We charge cancel fees, whatever. So my goal, again, is to come into a business and not manage cancels, prevent cancels altogether, right? Sit across from that person and tell them how important this journey is right? How important this journey is, how important this plan of care is. And then telling you, I need you to prioritize this. And then you walk up to the front desk and the front desk, again, right? Whoever it is, it could be the PT, right? In a mobile, right? And the front desk says, Hey, David, right? Plan of care card. Can I see your plan of care card? Great. So what days and what times are going to work best for you to do this plan of care. And I want them to just be quiet. I want that person to s- sit there, take out their calendar, think about their kid's schedule, think about their gym schedule, think about everything right there in that moment in time. And I want the front desk to say, right, what days and times are gonna work best for you to get in here to complete that course of care with your physical therapist, Dr. Jane Doe. And when there's dead air, it's like, cool, go for it. So, right? so this, and then they're talking out, picking up their kids and everything. It's like, yep, get it. So this, this supports your argument of saying the physical therapy visits are not one-offs, whereas the massage, the hair, the barbershop, the uh, what else, restaurants, whatever, you're saying all that is one-off items. The patient typically, the patient in front of you, patient, client, whatever, they typically are going to look at their calendar. And if you and your, so if you don't have Jerry's approach to communicating this to your patients, they're going to look at their calendar, the, you know, booking out their plan of care. They're going to look at this week, next week, the following week. And they're going to, the patient or client, if they're left to their own devices are going to just be like, all of these visits are just, you know, visits or appointments in my calendar. So the massage, the barbershop, the hair, the restaurant and the physical therapy, et cetera. But Jerry, you're saying they need to, the therapist, the front desk, they need to be communicating with that patient and client when right at the first visit, when they're booking out the plan of care, that it's about this plan of care and you're making it sound different than all the other one-off appointments in their calendar moving forward the next several weeks. That's what you're saying. I like that. I like the way you finish that, Dave. And that's not the way I've ever pitched it, but you're right. I but want that, to, that's how you're that's how you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. I really like how you finish that. And I want people to go back and listen to that real quick. Because what I typically say is I want people to look at their calendar because check this out. This is my argument at this point. They're figuring out their priorities. Right. What's important. And what what we come across, right? What we come across, if someone is sitting at their desk, right? So this is my favorite example, right? And it could be their desk at home, wouldn't matter, mobile or brick and mortar. And a meeting pops up, business meeting, and it's at the same time of their PT. I want that person to understand that, man, I've been making progress. Wow, this is visit six. Wow, right, blah, blah, blah. I got to call and change my meeting versus, oh, damn, I got to call and change, right? 
cancel physical therapy. So I want this. And by the way, Dave, you know, my system, it starts on the front desk, right? And the pitch of the plan of care is the cell. And when I train front desk people, when I train my front desk sales people, the pitch, the product is the plan of care. This is the living, breathing document that is your journey back to your desired outcome of going to the gym pain-free and getting out of that morning pain. So the front desk person is going to tell you how important that plan of care is. You're going to arrive. You're going to have a continuation of that story. You're going to walk in the room with the provider or they're going to show up at your door. They're going to review what the front desk told you is going to happen and how it's going to culminate with a plan of care. Because this is what I like. So let's check this out. Remember, I told you I want to prevent cancels. I don't want to manage cancels. This is a mindset I want everybody to get into. When a person calls to cancel, and you guys already heard a little bit of this, the plan of care is referenced, right? And we, I don't challenge the cancel reason. I then just move into, okay, Dave, I hear you. Sorry to hear that. I know Dr. Jane Doe wants you in here once a week, and this is your only one. I'm looking at her schedule. I got a Thursday at eight. I know you usually like to come in at three. I got Friday at three. Does that work for you? Yeah, it does. Cool. I'm going to slide you over to Friday at three. Have a good day. And I hope your kid feels better. So that moment in time, think about the trust built. Think about the emphasis that, yes, it is about my plan of care. They hear it from the front desperate. So this is work, dude. And I, and I challenge that this is work a lot of people don't want to do, dude. Yeah, it's challenging because that front desk person, many of them across the country have great memories, but they're not going to be they're not going to be able to memorize the plan of care. They got to pull it up in the EMR. And the way that you said it so quickly, there's no way that every front desk person can remember every patient calling in. What's their weekly frequency? No, so hold can, up. Hold up. You have to pull them up in the EMR to reschedule them. So the plan of care just gets documented in the EMR, whether it's on the schedule. Yeah. Right. And it follows their name. So this is work I do with clinics, dude. I go in. I say, we're going to do this. I get agreement. And I say, where are we going to put it? Right. So this is the consulting versus coaching. I'm making this big. I'm spending a lot of energy on SOMI right now talking about consulting versus coaching. I don't send you this script and say, do it. I walk in and look at your. Yeah, I'm pitching here, people. But that's what this debate's about. And that's what the post was about. Right. How do I. And again, I want to double back. If you've created something like David. And Dave's managing it from the beginning. They emphasize it. They have a low, I guarantee you, Dave has a lower cancel rate than anybody. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and attribute it to his experience he creates and what he delivers, not the fee. So I'm just going to say it out loud. I can't prove it, but I know. But Dave, I know you have a better experience than most people. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, that's why you have a low cancel rate and that the cancel fee actually only drops it that much, but your experience keeps it way lower. Another thing that I didn't fully go into is my cancellation fee where I'm paying the therapist that full rate. Cause again, we're doing home visits. We're doing on-demand visits, 60 minute visits, uh, independent contractors. So if they, if they don't have that visit completed, then they are, they're going to not have income for that time slot that they allocated in their calendar. I also implemented this with the full rate to pay my therapist. I could also have been you know, like Scrooge and charge the patient the full cancellation fee, but then not pay the therapist. I want to pay the therapist for the late cancel fee because I want to respect their time that they allocated in their calendar. And part of my approach that I didn't even really go into with this is that I'm showing respect and value to my therapist. And if I do that, Jerry, you know that if you treat your team members, your employees, your independent contractors, whatever, if you treat them well, then they're going to treat the patients and clients and customers well. So part of it is, if I can show respect, show value to them as they're out there and, and they're doing home visits and they might get this cancel or late cancel or whatever, something pops up last minute, I still pay them that full rate, even if they didn't go. And now it, it's not like over a full year. It's not like they're not, they're not making thousands of dollars on this, but sometimes they're making some meaningful income from it, which you probably would say is maybe not right. Or, or not the best use of... Well, no, I, I say there's a way to do this if we sit down. So let's go back to the interview, right? Everything, we talk a lot about this moment in time, right? A cancel is a moment in time. This PT getting paid is a moment in time. You know my world. It's let's go upstream to solve these problems. Let's look for so real solutions. Real solutions. 
not patches, of which I think a cancel fee is a patch. We're, we're not solving the real problem here. So, so I have a job posting. I have Dave's business. I have an exact Dave's franchising now. And so I bought Dave's franchise. So I have the same exact model. I'm going to interview PTs and say, look, here at ABC Physiotherapy, our ultimate goal, the goal of every single client we run through here is to create a happy paying customer. Here are the 10 things. And I have this, by the way, I've created this. I'd say, here are the 10 things that need to be done to create a happy paying customer. And the end result is a, one of the end results, or sorry, one of them, like number eight is a completed course of care and nothing in there says visits. And so I'm going to show them this and I'm going to say, this is the emphasis. And I'm going to say, do you notice what's not on there? And they're going to say, no, I'm going to say visits. And I'm going to say, this is how it works here at ABC Physiotherapy. You're going to get paid X amount of dollars. I don't care if they know what we're collecting and they should. I'm going to tell them you get paid X amount of dollars per visit. And I'm going to sit in that and I'm going to go, you notice there's a gap there. Yet for every happy paying customer, we check these 10 boxes of which they have control over pretty much all of it. I say, you will get X amount of dollars more. So there is an opportunity here, right? And I'm going to tell them that margin in there that they're missing is so they can get paid if someone cancels, but the, but it's still the lower number, then here's the incentive to complete course of cares. So again, and that, that payment per visit is probably going to be less than they were asking for. And by the way, if it sounds like salespeople and commissions, it is, and that's what we do. And what PTs have to do is understand, right? Every visit is of sales pitch. I got to remind people why I'm here, right? I got to check in with them. And then I got to remind them why they need to be available and arrive for the next visit. So I'm going to create a financial model that allows them to get paid with cancels, no shows. Yet the incentive is to complete the course of care. So I'm back to this completed course of care again. So if I believe in this completed course of care and I'm going to put this up on the wall, then by the way, my front desk notes are rolling in. Guess who else gets uh, paid a little more when happy paying customers come through? If I have a billing team, they get incentivized for it because, right, guess what number nine and 10 are? They pay their bill. We collect everything from them, right? A happy paying customer. So the billing team plays a role in this. So I'm going to set up a financial model that incentivizes this result I want. And you and I both know they're going to go PTs. But by the way, I've been in this long enough. I'm going to be sitting across from someone. They're going to go, this sounds great. And I'm going to get a call back the next day that says this ain't going to work. I was like, cool, thanks for letting me know you don't want to do the work, right? So I'm going to screen out. We worry about screening out patients. I want to screen out the providers who aren't on this boat. Right. And then because if we get people buy into this, then they're going to do the work to deliver value and hold their patients accountable. So again, I'm going back to this bigger picture, This these models I've worked in. Yes, I charge a late fee. Was there a difference? No, my cancel rate, by the way, my cancel rate stayed the same until what? The day I changed the first phone call. So I was charging cancel fees, everything. My cancel rate was running around 15%, right? And this is what's in and out of network, 15%, 15%. I changed the first phone call to fix a billing problem. I had no idea, no idea of the impact it was going to have. So we started setting, managing, setting and managing expectations better. Our cancel rate dropped down to 8%. Nothing changed. The cancel policy was still in there. It was the same exact providers, same exact systems downstream. Our cancel rate dropped by half. Again, that graph again, nothing else changed. So I want to fix. That's what really, dude, that was the kick upside the head. I mean, literally when I saw that, that I'll never forget. I'm like, what's going on here? And I went back and I just started looking for what changed. And I went, it was only the first phone call. Nothing else had changed downstream. So we have the policy in place. And truly, so let, let's double back to this. Truly, if you want to pre- if you want to prevent cancels, then we have to build out these systems. Now, I'll challenge this. Here's where I'll give in a little bit. If you can show me this whole journey, and you can show me the emphasis, and you can show me all the buy-in, and you want to charge a cancel fee, I'm just going to shrug my shoulders and go, your business, right? I mean, that that person... I'm like, sure, 
Uh, Again, Dave, I'm back to your example now, if you think about it, because I already said this. I, I believe your cancel rate is what it is because of the experience and the business you created more so, right? Because you keep saying your cancel fee. And I'm like, yeah. And I wasn't thinking about that until we started getting at this. Is I truly believe it's your client experience that's keeping that cancel rate down because you do this work I just described. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to change anything. I think the uh, the enlightening part of this is you saying that the late cancel fees are like a, a patch and not like the, you know, like the right focus. The bitch, yeah, getting to the root. So I, I think that's something that I need to, you know, this weekend, you know, think about, consider. This was an awesome conversation. I, like I said, I don't know if I'm going to change anything, but that is enlightening to think like maybe it is just the patient experience. And, and that's what I want people to do from this, Dave. I, I don't want any, you know, I'm a sales guy, right? I train front desk. I hire sales people for front desk, right? Everything I'm talking about sells. And I, I look at a patient journey as three, three sales phases. You know, I'm not here to persuade people. I'm not here to convince people. I'm here to get you to go like Dave did. Hmm, do I under, if everybody leaves us and goes, I got to understand my client journey better. It's a win. If everybody says, Hmm, I got to stop looking at the problems where they're happening and look for real solutions. Hmm, this is a win because then you'll get, by the way, if less people are calling the, if you charge a cancel fee, Unless people are calling to cancel, then it's a win, right? If you do this work, right? Because then you're not having your front desk isn't worried about it. You're not worried about it. It's not something that requires all this energy. Dude, this Facebook thread I saw, I, I think that that's what preceded all this. The energy that went, and I went back to it like days later and it was just growing. And I looked for one thread that said, what about our accountability? What about all this? It just grew on itself into this month. If I watched Fifth Element again this weekend. Remember how that planet kept growing with all the hate? It, it was just that planet growing, dude. It just piled up. And I read through every comment looking for someone to go, well, have we ever thought about why people cancel? Everybody just piled on. Oh, and, it, and then it became, you know, the ego to say how big your cancel rate was. It, it was interesting. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, damn. So... So we'll wrap up. I'll put your links below, uh, all your social media. Last question. Last question. This 49ers, weekend, uh, you know what? what? 49ers by 17. No way. No way. What's the, uh, I'm betting you whatever, whatever, whatever money I'll put on. It'll be like a one or two or three point game. But anyway, 17, that is, that is beyond bold. That is ridiculous. But uh, anyway. <laughs> Dude, everything we debated, you're like, no, not going to take that one. Everything else, you're like, okay, I'll consider it. I love how you just blew that out. That's I'll, awesome. I'll consider the other stuff, but 17-point spread on the Super Bowl is... And I love all this is going to be recorded, so I'm either going to be right. I've done this on my other podcast this week. I've been shouting all the Niner stuff. I'm like, boy, there's going to be a lot of stuff out there. I'm going to be held accountable for it on either side, right? Oh. Sorry, go on. Sorry, yeah, sorry. No, that, that's it. Uh, good luck to your Niners this weekend, Jerry. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Hey, thanks for doing this. This is what people need to hear. And I love this conversation because this is really good. And I loved when you did that. And I was like, of course, we're going to get on and debate this. And this, right? Because, you know, don't charge cancel fees, right? Hey, Blockbuster died because of this, right? This is the conversation, right? It's been an hour. This is the complexity of this. This is the complexity of Blockbuster. Again, like I said, cancel fees killed them. No, technology did. It was like, right, it, it was business decisions. It was about, do we just address the cancel when it happens or do we go upstream, right? So these are business questions you need to ask yourself. Am I focusing on the bigger thing, or right? Do I believe we're focused on the bigger thing, but I'm incentivizing different things, right? I had to go through this journey. And by the way, this took me forever, right? And so my, my challenge to anybody listening to this is just go, hmm, Right. What am I doing here? Right. How do I need to look at this? Even Dave going, hmm, maybe I go upstream. Maybe I connect the first phone call with the evaluation. I don't know. You know, I'm making shit up. But we got to If I'm going to share with you, by the way, the cancel policy in my world where I charge no fee starts with David. After Dave's been pitched, he's seen the expert by name. After he's told this expert has helped people just like him, after he's told what he will get in that hour, including that plan of care, and I ask him, does that sound like a solution for you? And he says, yes. I say, great. Let's talk about payment. We have that. Then after that, I say, okay, Dave, let me go over our cancel policy. Guess what the first words out of my mouth is when I say, let's go over our cancel policy. 
I say, Dave, we respect your time, your energy, and your money, and we expect the same. Good stuff. We'll leave it there. Great place. To yeah. Go. So, yeah. So, conversation will continue. Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.